You are listening to RudolfSteinerAudio.com. If you are listening to the podcast of this, it is located at RudolfSteiner.Podbean.com. Please consider becoming a patron. As well, there are two publishing houses, SteinerBooks.org in America and RudolfSteinerPress.com in England, who are the sole publishers of Steiner into English and have given me permission to do these recordings. Please consider patronizing them as well. This is a reading of Collected Works number 266, the first of three volumes in that number, uh, by Rudolf Steiner from the Esoteric School, Esoteric Lessons 1904-1909, translated by James H. Hines. This is the beginning of Part 2, which consists of notes, meditations, and exercises from written notes by Rudolf Steiner. An Esoteric Lesson given in Berlin on October 4th, 1904. A-U-M, Alm. Seek, in quotes, seek the path. Seek the path by going deep within yourself. Seek the path by boldly going out of yourself. Close quote. These two sentences only appear to contradict one another. In truth, they express two extraordinarily correct facts. Turning inward is namely the first half of a path. To begin with, at the present stage of development, human beings are living in the sense perceptions of the external world. Even when they use their intellect and understanding to process these sense impressions, they still remain, in quotes, outside. If they free themselves from the sense impressions and withdraw into themselves, they still have the power to think. This thinking is then emptied of external contents. That signifies, quote, going deep within your soul, close quote. But precisely because their thinking is, in quotes, emptied, new content can flow to them from within. And this content is of a spiritual nature, just as the previous content was sensuous. But just for this reason, human beings can then step out of themselves. They can step out of the sphere of the lower self into the, quote, spiritual external world, close quote. This is indicated by the sentence, quote, seek the path by boldly going out of yourself, close quote. Now, a mystic combines all three sentences with the syllable Aum. The Ah is, to begin with, the firm grip on the state or condition in which human beings always find themselves at the present stage of their evolution. The Oo is a symbol for going deep within yourself, and the M signifies stepping out into the spiritual external world. And that is the end of that esoteric lesson. Another esoteric lesson, the next one, is from Berlin, October 24th, 1905. The verse, quote, More radiant than the sun, purer than snow, subtler than the ether, is the self, the spirit of my heart. I am this self, this self am I, close quote. This verse lifts us up to our higher self every morning. 
Such verses are not thought up arbitrarily by just any person, but are obtained from the spiritual world. Therefore they contain much more than is usually believed. And one thinks of these correctly if one assumes that one can never completely fathom their content. Although one can always find more within them, the more one immerses oneself in them. Therefore, only individual indications can be given from the esoteric school as to how one seeks for their content. A few such indications are given in what follows. Quote, more radiant than the sun, close quote. We see the objects that surround us only when they are shone upon by the sun. What makes them visible are the sun's rays, reflected back from the objects into the eye of the beholder. If there were no light, the objects would not be visible. But through this external light, only the objects in the physical world become visible. For us to see things of a soul and spiritual nature, a light, quote, more radiant than the sun, close quote, must shine upon us. This light does not proceed from any external sun. It comes from the source of light that we enkindle in ourselves when we seek within for our higher eternal self. This higher self has a different origin than our lower self. The latter experiences our everyday surroundings. However, everything that lives in this everyday environment has at some time come into being and will one day pass away. Thus our experience of it has only a transitory value. And from such transitory experiences and our thoughts about them, our transitory self is built up. All things that become visible because of the sun were at one time not in existence and some day they will pass away. Even the sun came into existence at a certain time and will one day also pass away. But the soul exists for the very purpose of recognizing the eternal in things. When, one day, the entire earth will be no more, the souls who inhabited it will still exist. And what these souls have experienced on earth they will carry with them elsewhere as a memory. It is the same as when a person does a good deed for me. The deed passes away, but what he or she has planted in my soul remains. And the bond of love that has thus united us does not pass away. What we experience is always the source of something that endures within us. We ourselves extract from things that which endures, and carry it over into eternity. And when one day human beings are transplanted to a quite different arena of action, they will bring with them what they have gathered here, and their deeds in the new world will be woven out of the memories of the old. For there is no seed that does not bear fruit. If we are united with someone by love, then this love is a seed and we will experience the fruit all through the future because we belong together with such a person throughout the future. Thus, there lives in us something that is interwoven 
with the divine power that binds all things together into the eternal fabric of the universe. This something is our higher self, and this is more radiant than the sun. The light of the sun illuminates a person from the outside only. The sun of the soul illuminates a person from within. Therefore it is more radiant than the sun. Quote, Purer than snow. Close quote. In itself everything is pure. It can become impure only when it unites with something that should not be united with it. In and of itself water is pure, but even the dirt in dirty water would be pure if it were in and of itself, if it had not united with the water in an unlawful way. Carbon by itself is pure. It becomes dirt only if it is wrongfully united with water. Now, when water assumes its own form in a snow crystal, it separates out all that has united wrongly with it. So too does the human soul become pure if it separates out all that is improperly united with it. And the divine, the imperishable, belongs to the soul. Every ideal, every thought of something great and beautiful belongs to the inner form of the soul. And when it mediates upon such ideals, such thoughts, then it purifies itself as the water purifies itself in becoming snow crystal. And because the spiritual is purer than anything material, the higher self, that is, the soul that lives in the heights, is purer than snow. Quote, finer than the ether, close quote. Ether is the finest form of matter but all matter is still dense compared to the element of soul. It is not the dense that is lasting, but the fine. The stone that we think of as matter will pass away as matter, but the thought of the stone, which lives in the soul, remains. God has thought this thought, and out of it he made this dense stone. Just as ice is only densified water, so the stone is only a densified thought of God's. All objects are such densified thoughts of God. The higher self, however, dissolves all things, and the thoughts of God then live in it. And when the self is woven out of such thoughts of God, then it is, quote, finer than the ether, close quote. Quote, the spirit in my heart, close quote. We have only really understood something when we have grasped it with our heart. Intellect and reason are merely mediators for the heart's understanding. Through intellect and reason we penetrate to divine thoughts. But once we have really taken hold of the thought, then we must learn to love it. Gradually we learn to love all things. This does not mean that we should give our heart without discrimination to everything we encounter, for our experience is at first deceptive. However, when we make an effort to understand a being or a thing down to its origin in the divine, 
then we also begin to love it. If I have a depraved human being standing in front of me, then in no way should I love his or her depravity. Through such an act I would only be in error and would not help the person at all. However, if I reflect on how this person has come to his or her depravity, and if I help him or her to leave it behind, then I am helping the person, and I myself struggle through to the truth. I must seek everywhere to find how I can love. God is present in all things, but this divinity in any particular thing I must first seek. It is not the external aspect of a being or thing that I should love straight away, for this can be deceptive, and I could easily love the error. But truth lies behind all illusion, and we can always love truth. And if the heart seeks the love of truth in all beings, then there lives the, quote, spirit in the heart, close quote. Such love is the garment the soul should always wear. Then the soul itself weaves the divine into things. The members of the school should take several minutes a day to connect such thoughts to the divine maxims of wisdom, which have been given to us by the masters out of their boundless world experience. They should never think that they have completely understood a maxim, but always assume that still more lies in it than they have already found. Through an attitude such as this, we come to feel that in all genuine wisdom lies the key to the infinite, and in this feeling we bind ourselves to the infinite. It is not a matter of meditating on many sentences, but of letting a little live again and again in a soul that has become still. During the meditation itself, one should speculate very little, but rather quietly, allow the content of the sentences to work upon one. But apart from the meditation, during free moments in the course of the day, one should return to the content of the sentences and see what reflections one can draw from them. Then they become a living power that sinks into the soul and makes it strong and vigorous. For when the soul unites with eternal truth, it lives in the eternal. And when the soul lives in the eternal, then higher beings have access to it and can let their own power sink into it. That is the end of that section. <laughs>